guess who just got a night guard for her teeth. What? <laughs> yes. Like, is it for grinding? It's for grinding. Grinding. <laughs> it's for grinding. Um, yes, it's for that. And it's also because um, my teeth are like separating. Um, I didn't know this, but apparently when you get pregnant, your teeth separate. <laughs> and I've been pregnant what? twice in the last two years. Yeah, Is it because, like, the baby takes your calcium? I think, maybe. I don't really know. But so I had to, you know, I have a gap in my teeth, and I've always had a gap. I actually didn't. I had a, I had braces until I was, like, 16. And then I um, I wore a retainer, and then I stopped wearing my retainer when I was, like, 20. And my teeth were, like, moving just a little. But then in the last two years, my gap has gotten so big. So I'm like, I got to stop this shift. So... So I have a night guard too. No, do you like not it? For the, not for the grinding. I have a night guard for my snoring. Does it work? It does. It shifts my lower jaw forward so like my palate doesn't close and I get to sleep in my bedroom. It's kind of awesome. Okay, so you wear one on the bottom. No, it's, it's, it's top, top and bottom. Okay, yeah. Oh, you wear top. Yeah. I just wear top. That's it. Awesome. So we're both old and we're wearing... old as fuck. And we're night guards. recording welcome back to youth depress everybody uh thanks for joining us yet again we have a very special episode we have our first guest yay applause for everyone in the, in the audience um it's uh dave hill he is a writer he's written for esquire he's written for gq this american life the new yorker and he has a book coming out next week called the vapor and he also has an email newsletter called Letter from Hot Springs. It's fantastic. You should definitely um, subscribe to that. So welcome, Dave, to the show. Thanks for having me. It's quite an honor to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about Bill Barr. He um, whoops, he fought, tried to fire the SDNY uh, attorney um, on Friday night. He said he had resigned, and then Jeffrey Berman, that attorney, set out, set, put out a statement that said, no, I didn't. I did not resign. And then so Barr said, okay, well, Trump fired you. And then Trump said, mm, I didn't fire him. And then he said, okay, you're fired. So he's, he's fired, and that's where we're at with uh, Bill Barr. He had a, a firing late at night on Friday night. Yeah, it's the clumsiest Friday night massacre I've ever seen. It's just Keystone cop shit. Mm-hmm. It's like with everything, though, this is um, people wanted to make it into a bit of a Saturday night massacre. But like with everything with this presidency, it's just a complete bootleg Watergate, like the the Russia investigation, you know, the, this like it, there's this tendency to want to like for people to want to like freak out like, Oh, this is clearly like the thing that's going to do Trump in or do bill Barr in. And nothing it never works. Nothing and is it's far, ever going to, it's boring. Out. And it's, and also it's like, it's far more. I, well, I should check myself about that. It's, I was going to say it's more boring than Watergate, but like as fun as the 
All the President's Men was as a movie. I listened to that Watergate podcast recently, and I was taken aback by how boring that podcast made the Watergate scandal feel. <laughs> I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. If you want to plug it, go ahead and plug it. I, don't, I think I just gave it a reverse plug, but I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Barr was Barr fired this guy, and the SDNI, SDNY was um, and is, as far as we know, investigating the financials of the inauguration, which I think they took in more money than any inauguration ever, and nobody knows where it went. Um, he's investing. He's investigating the Deutsche Bank loans that Trump has gotten, and he's also investigating Rudy Giuliani. So it's interesting that he fired him now. Like, it seems very, I don't know, random and sudden and why now? Nobody can seem to say why now. And we'll never doesn't know. Feel like, doesn't it feel like the inauguration was like 25 years ago? Yes. This has been the longest three and a half years of my life. It really has. It really has. It's awful. I mean, last week feels like 25 years ago, to be honest with you. Everything is awful. And The so- Senate trial was this year. That was 2020. Guys, the pandemic was only started three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) That might be why they fired him now, because they have to start raising money for the next inauguration. Mm, Right. Right. I hope I can get tickets to this one. Might as well get started. You want to take it to this one? (laughs) What Uh, do you have to do to get one of those tickets? You got to know K-pop army. I'm sure, yeah, you'll have to be on TikTok. They're going to snatch up all the tickets on TikTok. You guys don't know what I'm talking about? I know. Yes, I do. We do. I don't know if that really... I think that all that did... I don't think they... That whole TikTok thing didn't really... They didn't take tick. They just made the expectation really high for the Trump campaign. I think that's all that did, which is awesome, because it made them look like idiots. I agree that, like, the... um, It was, like, a goofy story to, like, elevate, because it's far more humiliating for Trump that nobody showed up Mm -hmm. than for him to be able to say... Those damn kids. Mm-hmm. Get off my lawn. Oh, God, they did get off my lawn. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Right. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Yeah, do you guys saw that video of him walking from his helicopter? How yes. sad he was. I mean, yeah. he almost looked human. He's not, but he almost looked human. It was like with his giant, like, 10-foot t- long tie hanging around his neck. <laughs> All the way down to his knees. You know what the thing is, though? It scares me how sad he looked because... He is definitely a fascist, and he's definitely a wannabe authoritarian. And for him to be that defeated is bad for us. I feel like that is a bad thing. He is going to dig in to his worst impulses now. He is going to do everything he can. The last thing you want is to see an authoritarian slugging away like a groomsman who hasn't been able to hook up at the end of a reception. And that's what he looked like. <laughs> He's all fucking disheveled, his shirt's open. He was. Totally. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Barr is really scary. And, you know, the, the, the House, Jerry Nadler in the House said he was asked if they're going to investigate or impeach him because that's really the only thing they've been done because every way that Barr could be investigated leads back to him being the one to – um, okay that investigation so of course he's not going to do that um, and Jerry Nadler said no it would be a waste of our time yeah which means that everything that the house would do would be a waste of time yes so because if why you do can't anything? if you could yeah why do anything if, if you can only justify doing anything or if it's good enough to say well anything we do the senate's going to undo then what's the fucking point what of having power in the house they are all irrelevant 
That's what they're it's saying. Just, just moving offices. I've heard the same argument made about the uh, Louisville prosecutors saying that they can't bring forth charges against Breonna Taylor's killers because they're not going to be able to get a conviction. So why even bring forth charges? It's fucking mind boggling. Why have the yeah. power? Why do so anything we call... well good in this world? Why do anything good? Yeah, in the labor movement, this is what we call bargaining against ourselves. And like, it's that's like classic Democrat thing to bargain against ourselves. Mm-hmm. Rather than get into the fight, let's convince ourselves why we would lose the fight and then avoid it completely. Yeah, but that's the Democrats' whole problem. They have no spine. They're so yeah. afraid of everything. They are afraid of how they're going to look. They're afraid of the results. They're afraid of what people are going to say. People are going to turn on them. And people turn on you because you got no fucking spine. That's why they turn on you. Well, that's why they're turning, mm-hmm. but it's t- it's been too long. Honestly, it's like that's why people leave and go become Republicans. You know, that's what I think has happened for generations. Is they just want to win? Th- that's actually <laughs> that's just an oversimplification because, like, obviously, people became Republicans because they were racist. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, like, you know, like I have like a um, I have like members of my family who are fairly apolitical people who I think you know probably just vote for who vote for Republicans just because that's who campaigns to them, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't really have any politics. But I, you know, I do think that I do agree that Democrats have definitely lost all will to fight. And it's been, you know, 30 years coming now. I think it was since Bill Clinton was impeached. Yeah. That's when they lost their will. They're like, that's when they got scared of everything and scared to have any balls to do anything and stand up to well, the Republicans. They- they fought like hell for him, though. They you know, did. To, to, to keep him from being impeached. But then they learned this lesson that, like, oh, shit, we can't, we can't, like, the Republicans can turn everything against us. That I feel like that's what the lesson they learned from that is. I think. Is they, they, well, go ahead, Jason. I think they lost their fight when Al Gore stopped fighting the Florida recount. Like, that was it. That might be true, too. You know, Al Gore, I just recently read um, that book about John Edwards from the, uh, what's it called? The can- the Candidate? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Al Gore refused to let Bill Clinton campaign for him in 2000. I didn't he thought that. Like, that. He, yeah, he thought that Clinton was, like, too radioactive or whatever, so he didn't want the Clintons anywhere near him when he was campaigning. And Well, you he, know, he could see in the future, because now they are radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> so... Maybe he, he knew mean, something back then. Hillary definitely is, but I mean, I, I bet you there's no shortage. Of, well, right now, nobody wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole, but, you know, even in 08, people definitely wanted Bill Clinton yeah. on the stump for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they did. Yeah, but now that that Epstein arc. documentary is out, yeah. I have to be careful with the Bill Clinton slander because I have a book about how it springs to promote, so... I have to. Uh, oh, is that's where I have he's to go from? A easy. Oh yeah, he went to my high school. Oh my god, oh, I didn't wow. even realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah, he's all over my book, so I have to be a little bit careful here. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry, we don't if have wanna... thousands of listeners. We have hundreds, but not thousands. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so. Uh, so this is what we do on our podcast is we start on a topic and then we weave away and then we come back to it. Mm-hmm. So back yeah. to. Um, Bill Barr, uh, he has just turned the DOJ into Trump's personal law firm. Has he not? Is it not Trump's personal law firm? I mean, it's not so much Trump. 
it is the idea of the Republican presidency. Mm-hmm. Because he's been involved in covering up for crooked Republicans since Iran-Contra. Mm-hmm. If there is one ethos that he truly believes is that anything a Republican executive does is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do, do, it's, it's, it's also true that like, or I don't know how true it is. I really am not like an expert in this shit, but I feel like I've, re- I've read stuff that says that a lot of DOJ people have like resigned since Barr has become AG. Like every time he has a new scandal, like people sign these letters or they le- or they quit. So he's actually created a bit of like division within the Department of Justice too. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I also go, I think that morale is really low with them from what I've read. And also I just go, but if all these people are quitting, like that's actually good for him. That's what he wants. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. And that's what's happening. He's just replacing all of those lifelong career bureaucrats with sycophants. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes, man. What are we going to do about it, guys? You're listening oh, no. to it. I know. This is, a, this is how we handle all our frustration. I did read the Wikipedia page about Bill Barr before the show, so I do feel like uh, I should have I had more uh, good trivia to share. That's about the level of research we do around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the craziest thing on Bill Barr's Wikipedia page is that he and Mueller are like friends went to each other's weddings and shit yeah and then it's he just totally pulled the like rug out of out of out from under Mueller. but then i go there wasn't much of a rug there really to pull. wasn't no Mueller was so non-committal he was yeah he was in on that i, I feel like so. that was all a co conspiracy right there not that you know i mean not like it was a russian conspiracy i'm just saying like it's not a surprise to me that like that these people all hang out at each other's weddings and like, you know, no. play golf together. And then lo and behold, nothing, you know, nothing th- happens to anyone. Nothing, nothing happens to anyone. Yeah. So you're saying we should take up golf. They're <laughs> no, they're all the ruling class. That's really what it comes down to. And that's why you look at the Democrats and you go, Oh, like we've talked about this before. Like they're making me the leadership is making me so angry because they're just pretending like it's politics as usual and they're just they're not nobody's it seems to be angry about anything that's happening and that makes me angry no it's because they've been drinking mint juleps together on seersucker thursday since 1986 so they think this shit's still collegial but it's not yeah i hate these people this is perhaps the angry the angriest time in recent american history though by any measure right i mean people are definitely angry it's just that like the like millionaires that can do something about what's happening in washington aren't angry yeah that's what i'm talking about i was like the the anger that the people feel is really high and nancy pelosi and chuck schumer like you know you never see like clips of them going viral about how angry they are you see clips of aoc going viral because she's actually angry but like them they're nothing they're just you didn't see the picture of them kneeling oh my god that was so bad with the fucking kente cloth they were that wasn't enough anger for you can i go on a kente cloth rant because you know my thing is textiles on this show yes it is please (laughs) go on a kente cloth rant please he does he loves textiles i don't understand the fucking obsession with kente cloth there's this weird thing that happened with pan-Africanism in the fucking 70s 
where everyone decided that we were into East African shit. That's why, like, all the Kwanzaa stuff is why Helians were the Kinti Club. But, like, 90% of black people in this country are descended of West African slaves. Like, none of my ancestors would have spoken Swahili. None of them would have worn Kente cloth. So what should they wear? Oh, this is going to be really controversial. If you're West African and listening to this, just cover yours for a second. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jason likes to pop off. He does. West Africans love their wax cloth. And that's what's most representative of traditional West African clothing. But they don't like to admit that that shit was brought by the Dutch from Indonesia in like the 60s. That is not a traditionally West African thing. Okay. I don't even know what a wax cloth is. Have you ever seen like like these gorgeous multicolored like flowy robe things that Ghanaian women wear? They'll sometimes wear like a giant oh, yeah, hat yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah those mm-hmm. patterns, those are wax cloth. And most of them come from uh, one company. It's a Dutch company. <laughs> did not know that yeah i okay. still still love you westies you're my people i fuck okay. with you joloff but you don't want them wearing that either so what do you want jason i don't know like maybe a, should... a fubu sweater <laughs> yeah what should nancy and and chuck have been wearing in their picture nothing they should Co- never have even done that picture how about like the kooji sweater trim you know the brooklyn nets alternate uniforms they do like the kooji print like that's a legit would have been cool thing? for like for Chuck to wear something that was kind of like Brooklyn, like East, East, more East Coast, and for Nancy to wear something that was maybe a little more Northern California. Like Nancy could have worn like a backpack or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Our other thing that we were going to talk about is the fireworks going crazy all over the country um just in new york city uh the stats on that there was 27 complaints last year from the period of uh june 1st to june 19th this year there's been over six six thousand like 6300 in the same time frame so what do we think about is happening here okay but before we dive into that just want to say Dave, you still live in New York. Yep. I, I live in Pittsburgh. And Amanda? I live in Richmond. And are you hearing the fireworks all hours of the night? Me? Yes. Or him? You, Amanda. I, I, not me, but my sister, who actually lives in Richmond City proper, is hearing the fireworks. And I'm hearing them all night. So it's like, it's a nationwide phenomenon. It's not just localized to New York. Like most of the data we're going to talk about is from New York, but it's literally everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I've read that it's in like Sacramento and in like all these small like towns too. It's like everywhere. Um, Yeah. I kind of, for about 12 hours, I was like the king of fireworks Twitter um, because I, on Sunday, heard a story from my... um, in-laws mm-hmm. so i have these in-laws um who are like who sell fireworks illegally in new york nice. and uh they like drive it they do this every year it's like their side hustle they drive to pennsylvania they buy a bunch of fireworks they bring them to new york and they sell them to people like friends and co-workers so they have like a whole sheet they do this every year all the time and like year round not just for fourth of july like they girl scout like, cookies yeah or like drugs i mean they it, it feels a lot like 
I mean, when they tell, when my sister-in-law tells me these stories, it's just like she's Karen from Goodfellas. Like she's hiding fireworks all over her house and she's got to get them out of the house in case there's a fire. Like she wants to, there's too many, we got to move them. And like, you know, they're worried about the police, you know, when they have a bunch of them in their car. So That's it feels crazy. a lot more to me like they're like the fireworks plug. But the, um, the other night on Sunday, I was asking them about the fireworks. And so they like told me all, they, they gave me like the whole skinny and like I tweeted it out and then went to bed and then the next morning I had like you know over a thousand retweets I had emails in my inbox from journalists and I was like oh shit so I like deleted the whole thing like, <laughs> like, I don't want to be a part, part of this, of this. <laughs> yeah but according to them like the uh their connection in Pennsylvania called them and said uh he like begged them to come out and and get some he's like you know everything's canceled all the shows are canceled and I will give you all this like pro grade stuff for nothing. Mm-hmm. And they got excited because they never get their hands on the good shit. You know, mm-hmm. the like pure uncut mm-hmm. shit. Like they were like excited. So they went out there to get this stuff. For They said they got it for basically free. And they were like, we didn't even want to sell it because we never had it. Our... Because these, these people are weird. They're like firework freaks. Like they, they shoot off fireworks on Easter. You know, like mm-hmm. they're, um, they're year round fireworks people. And uh, now they got the good stuff, the big stuff. And, you know, they, they sold some of it, but like, you know, my brother-in-law said he shot one off of his porch and like immediately caught a tree on fire. So, um, hilarious. And he was like so excited about how powerful it was. So obviously what's going on is that, uh, the market for the professional stuff is dead. So they're selling it all, you know, on the secondary market or the black market or whatever. Uh And it's just, and it's it's basically free so it's just everywhere i mean they they can't keep this shit in warehouses you know so like why because it'll like it it, it goes bad or it, yeah. or it could burn yeah it could degrade or it could be a huge fire hazard you know so they're so they're getting rid of it and i think this is happening everywhere so i've obviously i obviously my personal opinion is that like that's what's happening but i didn't want to kind of be a part of fireworks twitter because people were very passionate about the um the conspiracy about their conspiracy theories. And I love a good conspiracy theory. So I definitely don't want to be the guy that's getting interviewed by like the New York post. Yeah. Killing the conspiracy, (laughs) especially because there's still a chance that this is all like 4chan shit. You know, all this does is explain how the fireworks got out there, there. but it doesn't explain why people are shooting them. And you could have all kinds of reasons why that's happening. It could be a combination of quarantine and, you know, some sort of coordination. I don't know. So I, I don't want to throw cold water on the uh, conspiracy, but I definitely think that like, you know, fireworks is a summer long phenomenon in, in New York city. And what's happening right now is the fireworks are like 10 times bigger than they were mm-hmm. last summer. I mean, that's okay. definitely a part of it. People on the street have like Gucci brothers level fireworks mm-hmm. at the same time, at least in my experience, the fireworks didn't go on until two or three in the morning. I think yeah. that's what's new here. I think when I lived in New York, I would definitely get annoyed with the fireworks in June up until July 4th. But they always seemed to stop around 11 p.m. Like they weren't rude. They didn't go off at three in the morning. And that makes me wonder. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist either. Oh, I'll Though do I, it. I, I also do love a good <laughs> conspiracy there is no proof, obviously. We don't have proof, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it's a combination of all the things. It's it's like you said to me earlier, Jason, it's the market is flooded, it's kids, 
but it could be police too. I would just not ever put this past cops. This is totally something they would do. I mean, we have seen the parade of police cars in Harlem running their sirens at 3 a.m. while fireworks go off. So it's not beyond the pale that the police may have done something like this. Uh, Here, I live in Pittsburgh. In Pennsylvania, they pretty much deregulated fireworks two or three years ago. So I can go to the supermarket, not a fireworks store, literally the supermarket, and buy like giant fireworks that go up in the air and explode with visuals. And it's been like that for two or three years now. So there's no reason for in this market, where the availability's always been there, for there to be this sort of uptick. Unless, of course- Do you think maybe it's more though that the they're not selling them that's why they're doing it seems like it's more i mean i guess they could be dumping them off the back of the truck the thing is if if it was actually like like boogaloo losers or whatever then it's like somebody would have picked up on that because there's no shortage of you know journalists that are hiding out and all the like right-wing creepy, you know, secret discord channels Uh monitoring everything they say. So I kind of feel like for a national coordination by like, um, right wingers, somebody would have caught wind of it at some point and been able to expose it. You know, if they, if that is what's going on and they didn't, then these guys have figured out how to, you know, then they figured out something good. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I do. I did see, uh, I don't want to put their name out there, but I did see a comedian that I follow respond to one of these firework tweets and his response wasn't like viral or anything. It had a couple likes. Um, but he said he lives across the street from the Marcy Projects. And he said he was walking past it the other day and he saw just a pallet of fireworks just sitting out in the in the projects, just a pallet unattended. So I just go, hmm, that's interesting. Of course, he didn't take a picture, but he's not somebody I would think it would lie about this. I suspect it's the police more than a sort of boogaloo operation. I mean, we're at a moment in time where anti-police sentiment is at an all-time high. But what have we seen? A spike in police calls. We've seen de Blasio create a fireworks task force. Probably all those plainclothes cops that had just that were in the division that was just dissolved. Mm. So it makes me think that the cops may have done this to make themselves needed. Or, well, I mean, it's like... Uh... It's like the wire season four when they make all the homeless people look like a serial killer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> totally forgot. Like about to justify that. to get the money to like investigate the real murders. Like we'll do we'll do the we'll use the fireworks squad to investigate <laughs> the real crimes. <laughs> I mean yeah, I mean the, also the other thing is maybe they're they're not behind it, which it's just I wouldn't put it past them. It's very COINTELPRO. Pro. But at the very least they're going we can't do anything, you know, like we're just going to let it bother everyone. I just don't understand why they're going until three in the morning every night. That seems like a lot. Well, you know what? The clubs aren't open. Bars aren't That's open. Yeah, and, and and I don't know about in Richmond, but like in New York, it's like we just we just finished up like, you know, weeks and weeks of straight, you know, street protests and helicopters flying overhead till mm-hmm. three in the morning every night. I mean... True. There was already a lot of like noise and and chaos all night before the fireworks started. So mm-hmm. in that sense, it doesn't seem as out of place as it might in another city that wasn't dealing with the same level of, mm-hmm. you know, chaos. But uh, yeah, but it's... it's just like the helicopters got replaced by fireworks, you know? Yeah, that's 
I'm so glad I don't live in New York anymore. I'm not going to lie. That seems like a lot. I mean, if you got a baby like I got, and then you the fireworks going off, oh, man, I would be so mad if fireworks. De Blasio announced today that he is that he's going to have fireworks, Fourth of July fireworks displays in all five boroughs, which oh, he, seemed like the worst timed, worst idea of I the mean, De Blasio administration. He wants people to like him because everyone hates his fucking guts. Didn't he say no, that would be random? Wants... <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that he. De- I think he clearly wants people to hate him. That on, after weeks and weeks and weeks of people complaining about fireworks, he goes out and says. Guess what we're going to do, everybody? We're going to have a 4th of July fireworks display. I think he's fucking with everybody in Maybe. New York. Yeah. It's also very much like, um, what was that city after the 1918 pandemic that was like, we're going to have a parade to celebrate the pandemic of being over. It's like <laughs> that same thing. It's like having fireworks so everyone can gather in a crowd to watch the fireworks. Right, right. Uh, it's like he can't run free elections, so he's just decided that he's going to say fuck you to everybody on his way out i respect yeah. it it's fun to it's fun to look at all the uh people who there for a while i don't know if it's still happening but all the people who would uh if whenever he he tweeted would be like resign it'd just be like tweet after tweet after tweet it was like resign <laughs> of course he hasn't yeah i had such high hopes for bill de blasio i really did me too he really was a, a real disappointment the first thing he did when he got elected was pass universal pre-K. So I got to put my kids into free pre-K. I felt like this is the man. That was the last good thing that, that was the last did. Th- I mean, he, <laughs> the first thing he did was like the last good thing he did. Just like every other mayor of that city, they've said, he said he was going to solve the housing crisis. And has he? No. I mean, that's Who's the last good mayor of that city? Of New York? Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Are we, are we saying know, Dinkins David, David Dinkins. I was going to say Dinkins. <laughs> Jory's <laughs> out, I think. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it was a tough time in the city when he was mayor. Yeah, it was a crack yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't aggressively shitful like the rest of these guys. Oh, God. I don't know. There's never the thing. It's the toughest job in America. Being mayor of New York City is the toughest job in America, you and it's a so? dead end job. Yeah, it's a dead end job. It's super fucking hard. You know, it's like. Nobody, nobody ever likes the mayor. Yeah, he, so they have always got somebody that hates them. Yeah, everybody eventually turns on the mayor. Like the reason De Blasio was mayor is because New Yorkers decided that they hated Bloomberg so much that they refused to vote for the woman who had voted for Bloomberg to have a third term. Right? Like that's why de blasio was able to win the democratic primary was because of Mm anti-bloomberg sentiment but when bloomberg you know got elected there were high hopes for him too among new yorkers so they always turn i mean let's be honest he got elected because wiener was in the racial chat room showing feet (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah yeah that helped Oh, man all right so we we've settled on we don't know if it's a conspiracy or we do know that's where we're at. We don't know. I don't know. I really, I don't know. You don't come to this show for answers. We raise questions. It's a proposition. Yeah. Also, yeah. we always say okay. we're not experts here. But we're just people. You know, but Jason, you started this segment off by pointing out that it's happening in all these cities around the country. But then you said it was the police. Do you think that the police all across America are are coordinating whatever this firework? I would not be surprised. Is? I would not be surprised at all. I just. For me, I just go, 
this is something they would do. To I'm gonna ask my people. brother-in-law if he's got any cops on his sheet. Oh man. I should have asked him that Sunday. Dave. Don't get Dave. disappeared, Dave. We we need you to come back. <laughs> That's why I deleted all those tweets, because I felt like, you know, if I get in the middle of fireworks Twitter, somebody's going to dox everybody in my family to try to track this guy down. But also, Dave, if you did break that story, oof, you would be a hero. <laughs> it's true. They were all over it. The, the, my inbox was full of emails from journalists. Can I please talk to your brother-in-law? I'll keep them anonymous. You're like, no. Nah. You know, they're all in the case. What did I was your... like, just call a Pennsylvania fireworks dealer yourself. Yeah. All, I'm sure they might even sell you some stuff. They won't now. Now that the uh, fireworks squad is on the case, oh, yeah. that's going to shut down. That's going to depress a lot of uh, investigative journalists who are trying to break the fireworks story because <laughs> it's going to have a chilling effect on the underground fireworks uh, market. I Here's what I want to know. Does your brother-in-law know you went viral about this? No. He doesn't. And what's funny is I tweet about him all the time. So the last thing in the world I want is for him to find out I've been tweeting about him because I've tweeted a lot of embarrassing stories about him. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) You want to tell us about your book? My book is called The Vapors, and it's about about Hot Springs, Arkansas, which is the city where I'm from. in the city that Bill Clinton is from. And uh, it's a town in, that um, up until about 1968 uh, was considered the largest illegal gambling operation in America. Um, it was uh, kind of what they called a wide open casino town. It had, you know, it had like big casinos everywhere. It had, uh, you know, gambling clubs, brothels, things like that. Not like backroom stuff, like, you know, wide open neon signs or whatever, even though it was completely illegal really? against the law. Yeah. And so, you know, it was sort of like Las Vegas before there was Las Vegas. And, um, and yeah, I wrote a book about my grandmother who worked in a bunch of these clubs and I worked and, and my, my father and his brothers and, and, and also some of the, like the, some of the gangsters who kind of ran the town, like this guy, Oni Madden, who was the guy who started the, uh, the cotton club, uh, in New York, he ended up after he got out of prison, going to hot springs and kind of running the town down there. So, you know, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of like forgotten American history um, and a little bit of family memoir. Oh, I can't wait to read it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Seriously. You've, you've been writing this for a while, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I had just sold the proposal when I first met you. Yeah, that was. And that was five years ago. Six years ago. Five years ago. You're right. Five years mm-hmm. ago. It was 2015. Yeah. I replaced Dave as a writer on the sketch team at Nipsey at UCB theater. He left because he was, you had just had your third kid, I think. No, well, he was on the way. Okay. He had been born. No, he might've been born already. I I don't know. Yeah. And we were planning on, uh, we were going to move to Arkansas to write this book because I had sold the proposal. So yeah, it was, you know, it was a very, it was a transitional period. Yeah. Um, I was so sad. I was like, oh, Dave, I (laughs) want to be on the team with you. I don't want to replace you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I was, uh, one of the things I remember about UCB was that like, it was miserable, Mm -hmm. but like, it was such a cult kind of atmosphere that like, I felt like I needed something. I needed something to literally pull me out of it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And what, and I ended up having a couple of kids while I was there and that wasn't enough. Um, so it took this, I guess it took actually literally moving out of New York to convince me that I should quit. And yeah, I felt glad to get it to did, it. Just, uh, it. as a side, did you 
happen to catch that uh, story that's out about UCB today? Yes. Uh, yeah. Jason. So for those of you me. who don't know, UCB in LA turns out was trying to pay writers in vouchers that were only redeemable at UCB. Not writers, interns, the people interns. who run the theater. Who yeah, we up. the writers would have loved to have gotten UCB bucks. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get. <laughs> we shit. got nothing. We got squadoosh. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get shit. They were trying to pay. It was basically it's called a script. Company no. scripts. Yeah, company, company script. script. They were. I mean, they were giving them gift cards that they could only use. Uh huh. And which is illegal. Taxed on that those gift mm-hmm. cards. So they had, not only were they working for free, they were being taxed to work for free. Well, UCB was paying the taxes. No, they weren't. UCB. That's not what yeah, I UCB read. Was, well, they, had to, they were reporting it as income. They, what yeah. I read is that they told the um, who, whoever was getting these vouchers that they had to talk to their own tax people to figure oh out if God. they had to pay taxes or oh, not. Geez. Were they giving them 1099s? I think they were, but I'm not sure. They were basically Jesus. saying, here's... This is we're paying you, but you can only spend the money here, and also you have to do it. It was W twos, W twos. You are an employee, right. so you are going to have to pay taxes on this. But so you, if they had, if they had W twos, then UCB paid the taxes. Yeah, because that's the difference between ten ninety nine W two. But it, it okay. doesn't matter. the The thing that's so funny about these gift cards is that you can only buy two things with these gift cards: a class mm-hmm. or a shirt. That's Not it. even booze. You can, no, you can just even a buy, class like, or a shirt. Booze at the theater. Ah, oh, God. Thousands and thousands of dollars in stolen wages. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Just a comedy sweatshop. I'm not surprised. That's how all comedy works, pretty much. Um, yeah. So I was. So I I escaped the the comedy cult by selling a book proposal that was absolutely unfunny. Nothing funny about it. <laughs> the uh, the book. I mean. You know, it was uh, it was such a wild like like at the time I was writing comedy and I guess I thought that that was something I wanted to do. And I remember when I sold the book that um, the director of the theater was like, oh, tell me about this book. And when I told her about it, she was like, that doesn't sound very funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not. It's not funny at all. I think she thought for a second it might be something that she could like promote the theater with or something. Of but... course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, five years. I spent five years writing this book, and uh, I thought I would take. I thought it would take me about a year and a half. Um, I, I keep saying it. T- it took me five years to write it. I guess because that sounds cool, but like, what I learned about books is that it takes about a year and a half for a book to get made. So I finished it about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I've just been waiting for them to like, literally make the book. Mm. Um, and edit. But still, it was a lo- it was a lot longer than I planned when I first thought. This is what I was going to do with my life. Well, that's I, I can't wait to read it. Everybody, please go pick up his book, uh, The Vapors by Dave Hill. Um, and as always, follow us on Twitter at Eat the Press. Follow, you can follow me at Adam and Barumke. You can follow Jason at Fraser Approves. And you can follow Dave at Mr. Dave Hill 77. <laughs> No, it's Dave Hill seventy. Seventy Dave Hill seventy seven. Why did I put the Mister in it? I have because because the respect. comedian Dave Hill was Mr. Dave Hill on Twitter. That's what it is. Who I get mistaken for all the time, by the way, and have a lot of funny stories about people thinking that I'm him. But uh, mm. he got kicked off of Twitter for threatening Donald for... Trump supporters with physical violence. Oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Way to take one for the team, buddy. <laughs> He's on Parlor uh, and Gab now. <laughs> I, I once had an, a, a guy who lived in my building. I was in the elevator 
and the guy was like, Hey, I'm, um, I'm coming to your show this weekend. And I was like, uh, I don't have a show this weekend. He was like, really? I thought you'd, you were performing at Union Hall. And I said, uh, oh, that's like another guy that's like this comedian that has the same name as me. And he goes, really? Because I, I already told all my friends I know you. <laughs> <laughs> he was so he was so sad. Oh, I was God. so embarrassed. You're probably going to get him laid somehow. No, the opposite. I mean, he probably went to that show and had told everybody he knew the guy. And yeah, the guy didn't know him. Yeah. All right. Um, if he had come to a Nipsey show, I could have gotten him laid, but maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, ah, ah, Nipsey. Um, as always, our music is done by the fabulous um, and incomparable Kevin yes, McLeod. Kevin McLeod, thank you. Yes, he's the god. And uh, our social media is run by Dustin Lamar. Uh, thank you, Dave, for being on the show. You were a fabulous first guest. Oh, I hope so. I- I was glad to be on. Thank you for having me. All right, great. Until next time. Bye.